Hello, my friends. This is Dan Jones with another quiet talk I want to share with you that I hope will bless your life. There's a striking statement in Revelation chapter 12. And there was war in heaven. Does that sound strange to you? Isn't heaven supposed to be a place of perfect and eternal peace? There's an old song about going to heaven that says, there will be peace in the valley for me. And yet the Bible says here that at one time, at least, there was war there. What's going on? Well, there are things happening around you all the time that you can't see. Again, according to the Bible, there are spiritual beings that we usually refer to as angels who are active and who affect things that happen that we can clearly see, even if we don't know why. I should say here that on some of these issues, the Bible is not entirely clear. There is no account of the creation of angels like there is about the creation of mankind. But we assume they were created at some point. If the angels had no beginning, then they would in that sense be equal with God. And we know they're not because the angels worship God, even covering their faces in abject humility. John, the writer of Revelation, tried to kneel down and worship the angel who had showed him all those things. And the angel immediately made him get up saying, you must not do that. I am a fellow servant with you and your brothers, the prophets, and with those who keep the words of this book, worship God. But another thing we assume is that like us, angels have free will. Otherwise, how could there be war in heaven? Some apparently chose to rebel against God. So in this sense, you could say that God has been at war. Nobody knows exactly when that war started, but it must have been before what happened in the Garden of Eden. Another sort of strange and interesting verse is found in Exodus 15. That chapter contains the song of celebration that Israel sang after God drowned the Egyptian army in the Red Sea. You know the story. Anyway, in Exodus 15:3, it says that the Lord is a man of war. Now, don't stumble over the word man. God is obviously not a man, but the expression just means that God is a warrior. He fights. If you've been an earnest Christian for any length of time, if you've tried hard to follow Jesus and live for him with all your heart, you know that there is something called spiritual warfare. It's all over the New Testament. Jesus regularly cast out demons. Paul talks a lot about the work of Satan, as does John and Peter. Paul says in Ephesians 6 that we struggle not against human beings, but against what he called the rulers, the authorities, and against cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Our resistance against evil is not just against our own fallen human nature, although we certainly battle against that, but it is against other spiritual forces that long ago declared war on Almighty God. Now, 
For the rest of our few minutes together, I want to go back to a point between this current conflict we are in and that original war in heaven. I speak of the war that I was in and that at one time you were in against God. You may say, I've never been at war against God, but you have. Whenever a person is living his life independent of God, he is at war with God. You see, God is our creator. He has the absolute right to rule and to govern our lives. Our lives belong to him. Every breath we take is a gracious gift of God. This world which sustains us was created by God for that purpose. As Paul said, you are not your own. But of all, all of us have lived at one time or another without reference to the God that made us. We have been our own gods. You remember that at the trial of Jesus, the question was, are you a king then? Because if Jesus declared himself a king, whether he took up arms or not, he was in rebellion against the emperor who was considered the only true and ultimate sovereign in the Roman world. And that was enough to condemn Jesus to death. Now, you may not think of God much, but if your life is not completely submitted to him, you are a rebel. You are at war with God. So if that's true, and it most certainly is, how is this war resolved? How is it prosecuted? What does this particular war look like? And this is the beautiful part. God doesn't fight like we do. He could obviously snuff us all out, and that would be it. He would win, we would lose. But God is not only a man of war. He is a redeemer. He doesn't want to snuff us out. He wants to change us. So he must win this war in an unusual way, and that he has certainly done. Now, God has given us free will. Otherwise, we could not have rebelled in the first place. God gave us free will so that we might choose him in love, not under the compulsion of irresistible force. So being after a relationship of love with the rebels, that's us, God prosecutes this war with love, not with swords and arrows. That's a strange kind of war, is it not? Again, I quote Paul. I quote him a lot. You may have noticed. He said to the Corinthian church, And I, when I came to you, brothers, did not come proclaiming to you the testimony of God with lofty speech or wisdom, for I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. Paul was a smart guy. He was a very learned guy. He could have talked about a lot of things. He could have impressed them with his fine education. But instead, he preached a crucified Christ. To the Roman world, nothing could have seemed less attractive. Crucifixion was a horrible and shameful form of execution. It was reserved for the worst rebels against the empire. If you were a Roman citizen, they couldn't crucify you. It was for outsiders only. So to put before those steeped in the culture of the empire a savior on a cross was counterintuitive to say the least. And yet, it is the crucified Jesus that saves the lost. 
How exactly? Well, part of the way he saves us is by overwhelming our rebellious hearts with his Calvary love. Paul wanted them to see clearly this man on the cross suffering for them, this one who said as he was dying, Father, forgive them, for it is love, the love of God that wins this war of the soul. You may have initially come to Christ out of fear. You may have heard about hell and were terrified of going there. That's not really such a bad thing. But if you're going to go on in this Christian walk, you must enter that place in Jesus where your focus is on his love for you. That is the only motivation that can carry you through. Fear can only go so far. Now, that's not to say that the fear of God is of no value. I've done quiet talks on the fear of God, and I believe it. But the most effective motivator for us is God's love. Jesus said, As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. That means you need to camp out in God's love. You need to set up residence there and never leave. God's love must be the air you breathe and the ground you walk on. Because although we have been conquered by Christ, we often have a tendency to launch many rebellions, many M-I-N-I, little ones, (laughs) We sometimes want to get free of the chains of God's love. So live in that love. Focus on that love. Every day when you wake up, tell God that this day is his and that you love him and are so thankful that he loved you first. Friend, has God won the war in your soul? Has he conquered you? I urge you today to unconditionally surrender to that wonderful love. Father, thank you that you gave your son in love. You gave him up to be tortured and killed so that we might be saved. You did it in love. May that love of Jesus manifested on the cross win today the lost to you. your name we pray. Amen. My dear friends, would you pray for us as we are seeking to sort of establish an outpost for this love of God, this Calvary love in the greater uh, capital district of New York, specifically now in the Schenectady area. Our group is called the Bread of Life Anglican Church, and we meet Sunday mornings at 10 o'clock at 1809 Union Street in Schenectady. You are most welcome to be with us. As always, you can reach me by email at father.danjones.com at outlook.com. May God richly bless you.